Welcome to the Beauty and Battle podcast, where we talk about winning in marriage by waging a war. I'm Jason Benham. I've got my girlfriend slash wife, Tori Benham, with me, and we are here to talk to you about how Satan tries to get you to fight face-to-face with your spouse, but God designed you to fight shoulder-to-shoulder against Satan so that you can win in your marriage. Fighting together draws you together. We cannot wait to jump in. So here we go. So today we're talking about how to be wildly attracted to your spouse. Isn't that a cool title? I love it. You love it? Wildly. Wildly. <laughs> wildly attracted to your spouse. I feel like I should play the uh, the instrumental version of Wild Thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that we'd endorse the song, but man, what a great beat. Brings me right back to the 80s. <laughs> 80s music. Okay, I'm going to talk 80s music, but we are going to talk about how to be wildly attracted to your spouse. Um, because there is an awesome dichotomy that we get that we get to see in Scripture, and we're going to be in the book of Hosea, just one powerful verse. Uh, but before we do that, um, two things we want to do. First thing, I want to thank our podcast sponsor, CHM, Christian Healthcare Ministries. If you know anything about me and David, they sponsor a lot of stuff that we do, so we just want to say thank you to them, and thank you for helping cover all the bills. They and- truly are a godsend for Lundy. Oh my word! Yeah, they're amazing. Lundy's been in several. She was in the hospital for two weeks when, when uh, she was an infant, and Christian Healthcare came in and shared all those expenses with us. It was it's awesome. So and now here we are again. Here we are with all of Lundy's expenses. Yeah, twenty twenty years later. Mm-hmm. Um, no, not twenty years. Yeah, tw- but twenty. Well, yeah. Since Lundy's been born, no, I, twelve years. Twenty years since we, we joined CHM. Oh yeah, my B. Nope. No, it's okay. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but David and I have an entrepreneur company called Expert Ownership. So if you want to know more about Christian Healthcare Ministries, go to expertownership.com forward slash CHM. Uh, secondly, we need to do a joke. Yes, I have a good one today from Caitlin Clark. Caitlin Thanks Clark. For reaching out, Caitlin. All right. Okay. I couldn't figure out why the baseball kept getting bigger and then it hit me. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. That was good. Oh, I there like you go. that. Good job, Caitlin. And I know you love that, Mr. Baseball. I'm not Mr. Baseball. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I wasn't good enough to make it to the big leagues. Baseball's such a boring sport. They're going to have to speed it up or do something fun. But it is America's pastime. It is. It's, we've been enjoying watching The Captain lately. The ca- Oh, yeah, The Captain with um, Derek Jeter. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know what? I liked... Um, Tom Brady, man in the arena, better, but Tom's language is so bad. Yeah, that it's, it really is. It's just terrible. But at least Derek keeps it uh, keeps it real. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's let's dive right in this because I'm I'm talking to people who are married, and um, or maybe you're a single person. You're listening to this. I don't think we have a lot of you, but there are some. We've we've heard from you. I have heard from a few single yeah. people, and I think that's awesome. It is that's great. so smart. So much wisdom to start now. Yes. So Tori and I will try not to lead you astray, but let me say this to the married folks. Um, and, and this is a really, 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 uh, important part that when you first met you, you, you know, when you first met your spouse, feeling came before expression, right? Like before you expressed anything, you have to feel something, right? Yeah, right. That's right. So before I, um, told Tori, I loved her or before I reached out to grab her hand and hold it before I did anything, I had to feel something for her. Mm-hmm. 
I had to feel like, oh, wow, I like this girl. <laughs> you know? And then that, that feeling led to expression. But then after we get married, here's the interesting part. It flips. It, at least it should flip. And this is what Tori and I are here to tell you, that after marriage, expression often comes before feeling. Because when you get married, it's a natural thing for you guys to get busy, and especially when kids come along, and then you've got schedules, not just your schedules, but your kids' schedules, and then you have all sorts of crazy stuff going on. You're really busy. Right. The next thing you know, it feels like the, the feeling's completely gone away. It doesn't mean you don't love your spouse. I mean, this is something that happens. Um, but what we want to do is we want to foster that feeling, which yeah. means we want to stir it up. And you can. You can stir it up. If you read our book, Beauty and Battle, uh, the arc of our book, the middle chapter, talks specifically about a story, and we shared it on a podcast as well, about how I had lost my love and feeling, mm-hmm. and God gave it back to me through a dream, and uh, and I started pursuing Tori again relentlessly. But then after that, what I discovered was is that um, my feelings for Tori were growing bigger and bigger, like my attraction was growing bigger and bigger because of the things I was thinking, saying, and doing. Wow. So the feeling followed the expression, mm. right? Mm-hmm. I, I'm just telling you, you have to understand this. Uh, actions always come first. Yeah. Actions in your mind, the actions that come out of your mouth, and the actions in the way that you act toward your spouse. Uh, get this. If you um, want to want to feel healthy, you want to actually feel healthy, you don't feel healthy and then run three miles. Right. You don't like... Wait to skip dessert until you're feeling healthy. Right. And what do you do? You go out and you run three miles first. Yeah. So the expression comes first. Mm. Then the feeling comes. Yeah. You skip dessert first. Like you do something first. You act first. And then the feeling comes. So that's the important yeah, thing. so true. Now, where do we get this from? Uh, Hosea chapter two. Now, if you guys know anything about the book of Hosea, uh, this is such a powerful prophetic book, and it's a very small book, but it's a book where God wants to show that the children of Israel had basically cheated on him. Those were like his people. Those, that's that's like that's like the bride of Christ, right? We are as the church, the bride of Christ. But there in the in the Old Testament, you had God's people, and they basically cheated on him. And so God was saying to Hosea, "Hey, I'm going to deal with Israel, um, but in order." for me to get a message through you on how I'm going to deal with them. I'm going to punish them, but then I'm going to win them back. In order for me to get that message through, Hosea, I want to make you the message first. So he told Hosea, go out and marry. We don't know if he said marry a woman who will cheat on you or marry a woman who's already a prostitute. Mm. Commentators are kind of split on that. Either way, Hosea married a girl named Gomer. Mm. Well, he should have known by her name. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, so he marries this girl. They end up having two kids and Gomer cheats on him and cheats and cheats and cheats to a point where she runs away and she ends up as a prostitute and she finds herself on the slave trade block Mm. where she is a prostitute. You know, I mean, if you've ever seen the, uh, the movie Les Miserables where you get a chance to see, I I forget what's the lady's name that sings. I dreamed a dream. Oh my gosh. That was, I forget her name. One of the most powerful scenes in any movie. It's Um, not Cosette because Cosette is Fontaine. Yes. Fontaine? Yeah. Okay. So it's like Fontaine where she's like selling herself. And so that's the picture of where Gomer was. She's on this, she's on the auction block. Mm-hmm. People are bidding for her. And obviously she had broken Hosea's heart. Wow. 
he had dedicated his heart to her mm-hmm. and he had and and now they had these two kids together and then all of a sudden god says go buy her back mm-hmm. and he shows up with money in hand wow and nobody's going to outbid for my wife and i'm going to get her back wow. and oh gosh it's so powerful right yeah, wow. okay then god says to hosea this is what i'm going to do for the children of israel he says in verse 14 of Hosea 2, and this is powerful, gang, you guys are going to love this. He says this, Therefore, I am now going to allure her. I will lead her into the wilderness and speak tenderly to her. Oh, my goodness. God said he was going to do that with Israel before they turned their heart back to him. And so he said that, Hosea, you go out and you buy your wife. You allure her. You speak tenderly to her. You bring her back home and love on her. Wow. And then watch what happens with her heart. Okay, so this to is... To a woman who has left you for other men. Yes. Wow. Okay, now here's the cool thing. So God says, I'm going to speak tenderly to her. That's affection. Mm-hmm. And this would bring her back. That's attraction, right? Wow. Now, but I'm just thinking of the surrender involved. Of, isn't it crazy? That, like the surrender of Hosea uh-huh. to do that to somebody who just completely disrespected you. Yeah. Wow. But but if you if you find yourself... Uh, not really attracted to your spouse or, you know, obviously we would all say, Oh yeah, I'm attracted to my spouse. Of course I married him, you know, kind of thing. But I'm talking about wildly attracted where you like literally feel magnetism. Then you need to pay attention to what God did with Hosea. And then Mm -hmm. we need to be Hosea, right? With a state of surrender, like, okay, God, you know, if you're a wife out there and you think, well, my husband hasn't been very attractive lately. I'm not talking just physical. I'm talking about like, maybe he's been a little lazy. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he hasn't yeah. been as good of a provider or protector. Maybe, maybe hasn't made you feel the priority or whatever. Right. And so therefore some of your attraction that you once had is kind of starting to fade. Yeah. Then God would say to you, if I can do it with Hosea mm. and I can do it with Gomer, I can do it with you and your husband. Now here's the, here's the important part. Um, he said, therefore I'm now going to allure her. He said it, and it's in the NIV and NAS, which means that word in the NAS um, is a word-for-word word translation. So God said, allure. This isn't like some uh, paraphrase or anything like that. He said the word allure. You know what allure means? Hmm. The quality of being powerfully and mysteriously attractive or fascinating. Wow. So God says, I'm I'm going to go and I'm going to allure her. I'm going to actually be mysteriously attractive and fascinating. I'm going to do that because I'm going to do something for her. I'm going to buy her back. So in dating, attraction leads to affection. Yeah. That's what I said earlier. The feeling comes before expression. Right. Right. That's what happens in dating. Attraction comes before affection. But then we get married as things begin to change. Uh, it, it, gets reversed where now affection is going to lead to attraction. So do you want to know how you're going to be wildly attracted to your spouse? You're going to be affectionate. Wow. Even when you don't want to. Hmm. Now, you know the definition of affection tour? I think you're going to tell me. (laughs) Whether you want me to or not, you actually look really pretty right now. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Please stop. Um, Affection means a bent of mind toward a particular object. Hmm. A bent of mind bent of mind wow so affection starts in the mind a pivot of the mind it is and then it expresses itself through your words mm. and then your deeds wow so if you start and just think about that if you start in the mind move down into your head to where you get into your mouth let it out and then think about the rest of your body and then you get draw close to your spouse in your mind your words and your actions that's where affection starts 
And when you show affection, proactively show affection, you do it, you will find yourself more attracted to your spouse. Wow. Now, here's the crazy thing. Your spouse then, if you're now the spouse who's receiving the affection, Mm -hmm. you have to respond to it. Yeah. We've talked about that, about the the power of bids. Mm Mm-hmm. So the, the happiest marriages are those who who positively respond to your spouse's bids. So if your spouse is listening to this, so if, if you guys are listening to this and your spouse actually decides, you know what, I'm going to start thinking positive thoughts. I'm going to bend my mind toward my spouse. I'm going to think about, you know, these positive thoughts like Tori making dinner. And I'm actually going to look at her smashing these little potatoes and putting Parmesan cheese all over it and all the stuff that she's doing. And I'm going to think about how grateful I am that she's taking the time to do that. You know what's going to happen? I'm going to start to feel some more attraction to her. And then as I voice it, and then as I walk up and give her a hug or whatever, and of course then she'll hand me the salt and pepper and say, hey, here, can you help me out kind of thing. But my heart will begin to get affectionate toward her. But if she responds to that in a positive way, and then she does the same thing, then the then the attraction is just off the chains good. Wow, that's so good. Can I can I tell you a scripture that I read this morning that just goes like so perfect? Yeah. What you were saying. James 1, 25, it says, but those who set their gaze deeply into the perfecting law of liberty are fascinated by and respond to the truth they hear and are strengthened by it. They experience God's blessings in all they do. Wow. So it's exactly what you're talking about. Like when we respond to truth when we like you're right now bringing us the scripture and showing us in scripture through our through the history of scripture what to do what you know through the example of hosea yep we do that and then we respond with truth we experience god's blessing yeah that's so cool and then matthew 6 21 jesus says where your treasure is there your heart will be also your heart will go where your mind and body take it yeah so it's not, you can't wait to feel something before you say and do something right. for your spouse. You say and do something and then you'll feel it later. Mm-hmm. Like our attraction will go, will go where our affection takes it. Yes. That's yeah. the whole Thoughts key. Thoughts are so important. And that's, I was, so my devotions this morning was, was James 1. And it, it got me thinking so much about our th- my thinking and mm. my desires. Because it says in verse 14, instead it, it's, it's, Okay, I'm sorry. I'm going to back up. It says, when you're tempted, don't ever say God is tempting me for God is incapable of being tempted by evil and he is never the source of temptation. Instead, it is each person's own desire and Mm. thoughts that drag them into evil and lure them into the darkness. And I just circled in my Bible, desires and thoughts. What are my desires and thoughts, right? Like it's so important. Our desires and our thoughts are what lead us in life. And if our desires are no longer for our spouse, maybe Mm. we don't have a desire to pursue them or we don't have a desire for them. You're talking about attraction. We don't have, if you've lost that, then you need to look at what you're thinking about. You need to look at, at, because thoughts and desires are so tightly intertwined yeah and so i know that in our relationship like we've had to really really focus on what are our desires like Mm. do we like for you when you started pursuing me the lord really convicted you to start desiring me again like you were so focused on your business that your desires and your thoughts were all about the business at that season of life but then god was like pivoting you to start 
focusing on our relationship again mm. to start thinking about it and to start desiring it again. Yeah. And that was the beginning of a huge shift for us. And I live this. I'm telling you, if you haven't read our book or listened to it, you've got to, because, and you'll see exactly how the Lord wrecked me. And, but I realized that I wanted that attraction back. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was always attracted to Tori, but I just was, you know, pursuing other things, you know, with my career and stuff. And, and uh, and the Lord rocked me, yeah. But I got it back from my thinking, yeah. I did, and I, you know, I think self awareness is so important in relationships because, and I know that the Lord has really used the Enneagram to help mm-hmm. me to understand this because when you are, when I was studying the Enneagram and all these nine different ways of how people think and are motivated, yeah. What is so interesting is that each type has a core desire. Mm. I think something that they they desire that's a little bit different from the next number, right? Wow. And and then you can see how the, the, these all these nines tend to think alike. All these ones tend to think alike. All of these threes tend to think alike. Why? Because they have a core desire. Yeah. And so it just, it, it being aware that our desires are so, like you really need to know what do you want? Mm. And and what are you, because what you want is what you're going to be moving towards. But a lot of times, and what I have also learned through, through you know, self-awareness through studying the Enneagram and emotional intelligence is that oftentimes we do the, like whatever our desire is, we actually do things that pull us away from what we really desire just because of a lack of awareness. Mm. So for me, for an example, my desire is peace because I'm a nine. And so I have a very strong desire for peace, but some of the things that I do actually are bring me the furthest from peace because I'm just not self-aware enough to know what I'm actually, what I'm actually doing and what I'm actually thinking. Yeah. Anyways, we can get into that maybe another time when we talk about desires and, and, um, um, and helping understand and bring self-awareness to that. But, um, I just think it's it really is important to understand desire and thoughts and what what we're moving towards. Yeah, and if if you're not really feeling it, and and maybe Tori, what she just said hits you pretty hard, where you don't desire to mm-hmm. feel it, like your desire is gone. What do you do? Well, then you have to look at your commitment. Are you really committed to yeah. your relationship, or are you not? Like whether you want it or not, like maybe you think your your feelings are gone, and you're like, I'm just I'm I'm done. Well, I can tell you this. You did say I do. Mm-hmm. You did say till death do us part. Yeah. So you did say those things. And and so therefore I can say you need to do what we're saying here that God did with Hosea, that start thinking affectionately, start talking affectionately, and start acting affectionately. You need to do those things because it's right, because yeah. it's the commitment that you made. Now do those things. And here's what's going to happen. I think you'll find that your your emotions will and your feelings will start to 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 follow. Right. I mean, so do you want to be mysteriously and powerfully attractive to your spouse again? Well, then you've got to be proactively affectionate. Yeah. Even if you don't want to and just watch what happens. That's how you become wildly attracted to your spouse. It it's something that God wants. It's something that God will empower you to do. Yep. But you just have to have the discipline to do it. So, were you going to share another scripture verse? No. You weren't. Were you going to sing a song? Yes. Sing a song, spread some cheer. Oh, my word. Okay. But we were going to share the meal of the week. Oh, that's right. Before we leave. Hey, you guys, I'm so proud of Tori because we are not doing 
that dumb, stupid, um, what, what would we, you rather? Would you rather? <laughs> that was kind of fun, but man, it just, it didn't, it didn't work. So now we're finding out that a lot of you are foodies like us. So, oh my gosh, yes. food is the great equalizer. Is it, would it be wrong? Should I wait to tell them my every single morning breakfast? Cause I really want to do that. Okay. Let's do that next week. Yeah. Okay. Do you, do you, well, go ahead. I mean, now they're all like, okay. Every morning, every single morning after workout, quarter cup of oatmeal, a whole cup of blueberries, an apple sliced up and four sunny side up eggs all mixed together. It makes you feel like a million bucks, right? A million gajillion. And I'll have Tori take a picture. I do not eat that because it looks disgusting, but Jason not. likes to mix everything. I mix everything. I got that from back when I was in Dallas, Texas. My mom, we never had any money, but every now and then she'd make, you know, well, she, not every now and then she made dinner all the time. But then the night after she made dinner was always a mixture of whatever well, was the night before <laughs> something I'm else. I'm just thinking as you're saying this, like kind of goes along with what you're talking about really, because when you, the reason that you put this concoction together is because you were trying to figure out like a, a, the right balance of mm-hmm. protein and carbs and, yeah. and things to fuel your body the best after a workout. And it does and it. And now he loves it. Like oh at first, I don't think, I remember when you first ate it, like, I don't think you really loved it. But now yeah. you literally, it's like if he can't, if he's not home, he like tells me he's craving it. Like, I, I just want to be home and eat my. <laughs> I do. I don't want to eat anything else yeah. after a workout than that. And you guys should try it. I've actually had friends of mine who tried it and said, you know what? It's actually pretty good. But you got to put the right amount of salt and pepper on those eggs. If you, yeah. if you don't do that, then it just tastes a little bland and it's just not working. Yeah. So then you get the salty, you get the peppery, and then you get some sweet with the apple and the and the blueberry, and then the oatmeal is just to make sure that you got some slow release carbs. And you don't, you only do like a fourth of a cup. Fourth of a cup. Yeah, I've you done more for him, and I get in trouble. <laughs> you don't get in trouble. I just dump <laughs> half of it out. Okay, so yeah, if you want to try that, go for it. Go but for it. If you want something really yummy, this is what we're. This is our favorite meal of the week. Very very simple, grilled chicken thighs. Mm, okay. I is love, that it? No no no. Okay. Are you going to listen or are you going to keep interrupting me? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Rebuked on our podcast and I'm not deleting it. Jason talks so fast sometimes that he just, it it just comes out quickly. It's okay though. Okay. So grilled chicken thighs. I, we, our whole family loves chicken thighs. They're so much better than um, chicken breasts. Don't Mm. you think babe? Oh gosh. Chicken thighs. I don't even want to eat chicken breast again. Okay. So good. So you take barbecue sauce, the best barbecue sauce that I have found is Kinder's. Yeah. K-I-N-D-E-R, apostrophe S, right? Yeah, it'll blow your hair back. Organic. It's organic. That's yeah. what that's what drew me to it. It is so good, so easy. You just mar- just throw the the chicken thighs into a bag. a bag or into, I did into a Tupperware with this sauce. Let it marinate all day. Ball or game. if you can't, if you don't have time, it's not a big deal. Just then put don't. It, just marinate it for five minutes, marinate it for 10 minutes while you're getting everything else prepped. Just throw it in but for a marinade. Use this marinade. It's so good. Okay. And then we're, we, we do smashed potatoes. Christina, one of my really good friends, Christina Sears, yeah. told me this recipe. And because my daughter Lundy went to her house, she made it and told me, I have to make it. It's the best thing she's ever had. So now we're doing smashed potatoes and the kids love They're them. They're like, are those the things called, what kind of potatoes are they so called? So they're just like baby potatoes. Yeah, the tiny you boil little suckers. Them. Yep. You boil them. 
in salt water, and then you smash them onto some parchment paper. You smash them with the bottom of a of a mason jar or a cup or a cup. Super easy. And then you season them up with salt, pepper, onion powder, garlic powder, and then you smash them. Then you brush some olive oil on top, right? Put yeah. all the seasonings. What about the Parmesan? I do the Parmesan. This is exactly what I'm talking about. Like that was. Oh, the, did I the, jump ahead? That was the next thing that oh, was coming out of gosh. my mouth. Jeez. What about the Parmesan? Yeah. And okay. I actually get to take some bites of that Parmesan. It's pretty good. <laughs> so Jason then adds the Parmesan because you need you need some, you know, put some muscle into it when you're doing Parmesan, such a hard cheese. And yeah. Or Parmesan, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> and then you just load it with some Parmesan. You don't have to have Parmesan, but honestly, it really makes it amazing. Yeah. It's a party in your mouth. You can, if you have some fresh parsley, add that. Amazing. Uh, you don't have to have fresh parsley, but it just looks really pretty and adds a little flavor. And then you just bake them 425 for yeah. like 25 minutes until they're really crispy. Oh my gosh, they're so good. Yeah. And then um, but we, always have the- a, we always have a green. So like we usually do either green beans or asparagus. Yeah. Well, you got to tell them your asparagus hack. Remember, because I hate eating asparagus when you get to that uh, little, yes. hard okay, stalk so- and then you're chewing it and it's just... <laughs> You don't even want to swallow it, and it all gets all in your teeth. So basically, like you just take the asparagus at the very tip, that part that like is disgusting when you try to eat it, and it's all chewy. You just break it off wherever it naturally breaks at the end, not the part like at the the thin part, the thick part, the end of the asparagus. You just pop it off, just mm. break it off, and um, you don't have to eat that chewy part anymore. We how many no, years? How many years? How many decades did we? Did I make asparagus with that? Yeah, no, on? it wasn't good. I <laughs> she'd make asparagus, and I wanted to take one. Yeah, just so break off that end piece, whack somebody with it. Yep, it was hard and to chew. That's it. It it is a really it's the easiest meal ever. The kids love it. We do it almost once a week, just because the kids love the barbecue chicken. We grill it. When are we doing grilled the meal again? thighs? We do it like every week. Are we doing it this week? Yes. <sighs> Good. And Thank so you. anyways. <laughs> this is great. Okay, so that's it. That's so we got we got some chicken thighs, we got some mashed potatoes, potatoes and, and we got some greens. Greens, you know, asparagus, green yep. beans, whatever you like. Easy meal. Kids love it. Jason loves it. I love it. And it keeps you regular. Which and everybody's is most, happy. Which is it it is hard thing. to pick a meal that everybody likes. Let me tell you. <laughs> but this is one like the the tuna last week. Mm, not everybody loves. Oh, I me love and Jason that. love it. Yeah, this one you really can't go wrong. Everyone loves it, and it's so easy. You know what else everyone loves? What Raymond? Raymond noodles? No, just Raymond. Everybody loves Raymond. <laughs> Come on, it's a throwback tour. We got to be on the same page here. Okay. We're definitely not. So you want to be wildly attracted to your spouse and the food that he or she makes? Well, then affection leads to attraction. Mm-hmm. about that? I love it. All right. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. Um, and that's it. Like, I really don't have anything else to say. That's I just it. want to say goodbye and we love you. We really want to try to keep these to 20 minutes or less. I mean, Jason doesn't 25 think so. now that you got your little recipe stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, if you have it on one and a half, two speed, like, well, how we listen to podcasts, then you can easily get it. the whole, the whole idea is that they can get to and from a location and listen to our 12 podcast. minutes. Yeah. So if you do it on two speed, you're good. Booyah.
All right. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for hanging out with us. See you guys. Bye.